Welcome to The Danger Room, a Marvel Crisis Protocol podcast focused on helping you prepare for the opponents you are yet to face. We discuss strategy, tips, tricks, and things that you should be considering to level up your gameplay. Don't forget to join us on our free Discord, or if you feel so inclined to become a Patreon, as we discuss MCP on a daily basis. The links will be in the description. On the podcast, regular members include Dizzard, Jacob, Mike, and Sploosh. Hi guys, before we get into the main podcast, I'm just going to take a second here. Uh, I'm here with Dizzard. And we just wanted to say something which a lot of you on our Discord have already found out, but just to let all the rest of our listeners know, there's just going to be a little bit of a change coming up to the Danger Room. And I just wanted to take an opportunity to have a chat with Dizzard about it. So Dizzard, what's going on? So I am actually leaving the Danger Room. Um, I mean, I'm not going anywhere. I'm, the internet is what omnipresent, whatever you want to call it. Uh, so I'll be around. Um, but as far as like Danger and Podcast goes, I will no longer be a host. And it's mostly just because I just want to do something new and a little bit different. Um, I'm going to be starting up another podcast with Finger Guns and Hyper Viper. It'll be called The Rogue Agents. And our first episode should be coming out this week. The uh, We record sometime this week, like the second week of April. So for those listening in the future, we'll probably already have an episode out. Uh, but we're going to be uh, doing a big review. I got sort of revealed because I've been talking about it in different places, but um, hopefully record this Wednesday, doing a live recording on Twitch and then post it on to the podcast once I get through and edited everything. But um, it's still going to be a semi-competitive focused podcast, but more along the lines of like how to be competitive with what you want to play more so like of yeah. like yeah like like i'm trying to like like how can i make like my i mean i guess my whole spiel with how i play like i play the x-force and i'm trying to make them competitive basically that type of line of thinking like how do i make the lesser known or lesser played factions competitive and um stuff like that so like, we'll still have like competitive topics but also like some casual things and hobby things more of a well um i wouldn't say well-rounded because danger room is really well-rounded in my opinion and danger room's got really good opinions but it's more like super um, meta, I guess, is what I would say for Danger Room. And this, like, Rogue Agents, we're trying to be more of like the name kind of implies itself. You look at how Rogue Agents are in the game, is a little bit of everything. Like, they go everywhere. Um, so that's kind of like the, the thought process behind it is like innovation. And like, it's kind of like my, it's not mantra, but mission statement uh, would be um, oh, I just had it. Oh, innovation is key. And I think that if you can be innovative and bring stuff to the table, then that's kind of like the core concept. So I'm excited for it. Um, got finger guns and he's excited and hyper viper and we're all doing some fun things. I've actually been working on a, a shield list lately. It's been extremely fun. <laughs> mm, yeah. No, on that, on that vein, I've been uh, doing a little bit of inhumans dojo, trying to see if I can maximize what they're capable of. So yeah. really interested to, to hear what you've, uh, what you're going to come up with. And I, I wish you all the best. Um, yeah, yeah I, I think a lot of people don't realize uh, how much effort you put in behind the scenes in the league as well. So I want to take this opportunity to thank you for that too. And oh, yeah. uh, the Danger Room really was your idea. You brought, you were the Nick Fury bringing together the uh, 
the Captain America and Tony Stark of me and Sploosh. I don't know which way around that is, but you know, something like that. Um, and forming the Sploosh, Danger Sploosh, Room. <laughs> Sploosh is Corvus. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, wait, does uh, that make me like Proxima Midnight or like Ebony Moore? I'm confused. Anyway. Uh, uh, I, so... I, I'd say I'd say you're you're more OP than that. You're super giant. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, cool uh but i just wanted to thank you because uh without your impetus without giving us that initial nudge then this would, the whole project would never have got started um oh, absolutely so, i i i gotta say like i've enjoyed my time thoroughly with the danger room and I, I love i love the danger room and like by no means like is this like any type of like bad blood or negative thing going on this is really just me wanting to be like express a more c- a creative outlet um and go a different direction um and just voice different opinions because yeah, just like sometimes a little project just runs its course for a person and do something different. So awesome. Well, uh, like you said, absolutely no ill feeling, uh, and wish you all the best. And I'm sure we'll be having you back on to to guest occasionally. So uh... As I'm sure we'll have you guys come come by and swap around. Um, and you wanna? I don't know if you wanna announce the um, one who's gonna be filling the role. We will get to that in just a second. <laughs> So, picking up straight up from that, uh, we are here today with Mike and our new regular uh, host, Chewy. Chewy, how you doing? How you doing, guys? Yeah. Doing all right. Good. And Mike, how are you? Wonderful. Good. So, Chewy, some people might know you from your YouTube content, but in case they don't, why don't you give us a potted history of Chewy? Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, so, I've been playing MCP for the past, I don't know, since the game came out for the past uh, two and a half years. Um, I started normally doing YouTube videos, I think around 2020, beginning of 2021. I don't remember when I started doing MCP content. Um, so I'm not new to miniature games either. I started with Guild Ball back in 2017 ish. Uh, I've been playing that game for a couple of years. Um, got burnt out from it because season four sucked. And, um, you know, MCP came along and it was a, it was a beautiful mixture. It was miniature games and it was Marvel. You know, I collect Marvel comics um one of the things i do um and it was just a match made in heaven from there um and i've been playing the tts league since season two um i think i made the cut in season two if i remember correctly i lost it sooner um after i beat dizzard um and then from there season three season four didn't do so well um season five um i didn't play at all season six i got back into it went three and three and then played season seven right now i'm six and one so um, I'm in the top cut. <laughs> so, so, if we were to yeah. categorize like the the people on the danger room, uh, I'm all about the the turn zero and turn one and thinking yeah. it through and having like those those plays mapped out in my head and having a plan. Mm-hmm. Sploosh is all about rolling the dice and you know taking people off the table and those aggressive sort of attrition style plays. And mm-hmm. Mike is all about the uh, winning without rolling dice if he can possibly avoid it. <laughs> How, would yeah, you your... <laughs> How would you categorize <laughs> yeah. your own style of play? My own style of play, honestly, um, I would have to say I like, it's hard to say. Like it's, I like to play off my opponent, right? So I do go on with a game plan when I start. Um, first off, you know, when I look at someone's roster, I'm like, okay, do I want to win priority? Do I not want to win priority? Um, and once from there, once I make my decision, um, from there, I just come up with a plan with what I want to do and just basically play off my opponent and see what he does and what and how do I counter that. Um, you know, playing fighting games, you know, my whole life, um, it's 
when you play a fighting game, it's yeah, they're characters and they have cool things or whatever, but you play the player, right? I always see, like for example, like you know, if I do, if I'm playing Ryu or something, um, maybe I'll do like a crouching medium Hadouken maybe two or three times and see how and see what he does on like the second or third time, and then from there, you know, I'm like, okay, if he's gonna do this, then I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna change up the tempo or moment a little bit, and then do something different and make him force him to do bad things. Um, so I know it's hard to explain. I can't really put it into one word, but I would have to say uh, I like to adapt. Um, and then, adaptive and then, go for the then maybe, or, yeah. or reactive. Reactive. Yeah, absolutely reactive. And I don't mind rolling dice. I mean, if Mike's played me, <laughs> he knows that I don't, I don't care about rolling dice, uh, you know, but um, I like to roll dice when it matters. Um, playing Guild Ball, um, for example, like it was huge when you took an activation away from somebody, right? Um, let's say if you put six influence onto a person and if you can find a way to uh, KO that model and getting and gaining rid of six, act, like literally six activations, you know, that's that's what I love to do. Um, but I like to do it when it counts. Those so. are words which definitely mean something to people who aren't. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's that's pretty much my play style. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. And uh, what kind of teams have you been running recently and enjoying in MCP? <laughs> Brotherhood. <laughs> um, I'll just say Brotherhood, man. And uh, right now I know the talk of the town and everybody's a little upset. There's a lot of Brotherhood players around. And that's okay with me. Like, I, I really don't care. Um, I chose them. You know, I knew when Juggernaut at Rule came out um, that they were going to be unlocked and they were going to be a problem. Now, did I think they were going to be disrepresented in the cut? No. Um, my opinion, when when the cut for when the rosters first came out for season seven, there was an uptick in Brotherhood play, and it was for me it was just okay. New models are out. That's it. Um, I didn't. I thought they were going to drop off after like the cut after like week three, because I thought you know hey the new players that are playing Brotherhood don't truly understand how to play them, and they were going to not be as successful, and they was just going to fall back. That didn't hold to be true. <laughs> and right now, what we got? I don't know four brotherhood players left we had eight in top cut am i right about that i think it might have been five left but sure five left about that number round about that number so um yeah i've been playing brotherhood and uh, of course i've been playing spider foes for a long time i still play them whenever whenever i get a chance um it's just i just wanted to get my favorite character magneto out there and see what i can do with them with with the new juggernaut shenanigans that's going on right now so yeah that seems pretty good mm-hmm <laughs> uh, and uh, like a classic question if there's one character in mcp that isn't in the game yet that you want to see introduced uh who would that be <laughs> oh, apocalypse apocalypse i mean it's man like as a kid growing up like i hate to say this man but i, I lean towards more of the villains <laughs> growing up when i was watching cartoons not in a, you know um not that I believed in their agendas or anything like that. It was just, they were cool as hell, man. Like Apocalypse is cool looking. He had a great voice actor. Uh, of course, Magneto, right? Uh, but and I had to say... Spider-Foes as well. You're kind of <laughs> you're playing the dream here. So. I'm playing the dream, exactly. Yeah, so I'm if playing I'm villains not, and all that. Sorry to interrupt. If I'm not yeah. mistaken, I think Dizzard's most wanted character was Apocalypse as well. So... Yeah. Uh, you just fill right in, no problem. I just fill right in, no problem. Uh, I, I, I tend to... Uh, me and Dizzard almost have the same... Like mindset. Well, okay. Um, Important question then. Yeah. How do you feel about X Force? <laughs> <laughs> X Force is trash. <laughs> All right. Trash. There's no. There's Off no. To a good start. 
Yeah, there's no... I mean, look, okay, like, the thing about MCP is, and this is true, right? Because of the fact that rosters are open, right? You can do whatever the hell you want. You can make any roster viable. You know, as long as you have a plan and as long as you understand, like, what's strong and, you know, just practice and all that, you'll be fine. You can make X-Force work. That leadership is ass. Like, it's just... It is. I mean, the reason why I didn't play uh, Green Goblin... um, you know, I mean, my frustration started in season three when I started playing Spider Foes. So I went from Asgard to Spider Foes. I'm like, oh my god, this is cool. I could drop off Venom and blah 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 blah. I'm playing, I'm playing Green Goblin and his, with his crappy leadership, which you have to pay a power for, and it's once per turn. And his builder sucked. That's kind of how I feel about Cable right now, except that he has a better builder than Goblin. If that makes sense. Like, I don't mm. understand how the re-roll is once per turn, and you have humans that could just do it willy-nilly on it within an eight. But that's just me. But, yeah, X-Force is trash. Um, but, I mean, if you... I, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to notice people, they're uh, starting to experiment with them a little bit. I think there was... Who was the one that was playing leaderless X-Force? I don't remember. Um, that was in the Von Gaming Masters. That was in the... Yeah. He did some crazy shenanigans with that. But, again, like, that's why I feel like X-Force was in the Spider-Foes. Um, they're in that spider fools rut when they were terrible, right? I mean, they're, they're just, you know, to jump in, that guy was also playing leaderless X Force, and I believe it was like Wolverine X twenty three and Honey Badger. So it's the same argument. You could just say that he's playing leaderless X Men. Like it doesn't. Yeah, there's no really yeah. difference. There's really no difference. Yeah, absolutely. Like it just shows. Like just yeah. except you'd have access to better taxi stocks. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, exactly. So. yeah. So that's how I feel. I'm sorry, Dizzy man. I don't. I don't have your back on that one, man. And um. I know he's going to fight me tooth and nail on that, but that's fine. <laughs> no, nah, it's all good. Yeah. Cool. That's given a, given a brief instruction there. Um, so for the Xavier Protocols section this week, I wanted to focus on the Spring Into Marvel uh, event that was happening in uh, Stockport in the UK this uh, this week. It's just finished, just wrapped, just wrapped up. Uh, it was a 59-player in-person event. Um won by our very loved Pat Dumford. Um, so he went 7-0 and in that. Congratulations, Pat. Playing uh, what looks to be, if you look on uh, on his roster, he, he claims to be triple affiliation, Guardians, Black Order, and <laughs> it's not. It's, it's basically mono Guardians. It's Guardians with yeah. Thanos, and it's got Mystique in there and Toad, and then there's Winter Soldier, so he can claim he's playing three affiliations. Yeah, I call shenanigans on that. <laughs> uh, Deacon's people. He only played Guardians. So it, it's a Guardians roster, but yeah, you know. Uh, but congratulations, Pat. It's a you know a good achievement. Um, uh, and we also saw. Uh, speaking of X Men and X Force, Cathal is a very under. He's, he's a great player. He's been grinding games hard. I see him looking for games a lot online. Uh, another one out of the London meta, so the the London boys have gone up and and uh, triumphed in the north of England. Uh, but Cathal is a great player, uh, mm-hmm. playing an, an X Men X Force roster, and he's got Cat and Mouse in there, so he's definitely planning to play X Force in certain <laughs> situations. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, good to see the mutants represented as well, uh, and um, that London meta man, that's a bit of a sharp tank when I'm planning to go up there for my event next uh, next time they're running one. Are you in North London or North England, Jacob, or no? No, I'm in the south of England, so I'm about an hour south of London on the coast, on the south coast okay. of England. Gotcha. Staring at France. Okay. Uh, literally directly south from London. So 
my local scene has got a bunch of great guys, but we don't have a big competitive scene. There's a lot of uh, we we focus on the ultimate encounters and the the OP kits and the uh, love a bit of uh, separation anxiety. But uh, we don't have a big competitive scene for my competitive uh, competitive games. I tend to go up to London for yeah. So. Uh, against people uh, often run by Norbert, who again he travelled up up north and and did really well. Uh, so good to see the the boys from from the south doing doing well up there. But some really good games uh, mm-hmm. I've heard by proxy. But I wanted to dig into the numbers a little bit. Uh, I haven't. I'm in the process of processing all of the rosters, and I know I haven't got my uh, top top cut uh, article out yet, but that's coming. So I've got some time off, so I'll have time to do that. And that will be shortly followed, probably the next day, by uh, an article breaking down the rosters from this event. So we'll have uh, a few more hard data points to dig into for that. But something that uh, this was run on Longshanks, and Longshanks does put out some nice numbers. So some numbers just straight from this event. So priority is a great one to look at. Uh, With priority, they won 53% without 48%, rounding errors, of course. Mm-hmm. But uh, that shows priority a slight advantage in this. It looks like this is a mm-hmm. soft size of uh, two hundred four four yeah two hundred games. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's a slight advantage. It's something I like to keep an eye on, but especially with the changes to uh, how priority worked in terms of crisis selection and threat selection. But it seems you know that, that that's healthy fifty three forty eight. I, I I have no problem with that. Um. Threat level. Now, real life events are always going to have a slight bias towards core set, and core set is all 17 mm-hmm. in terms of crises. So it's not surprising to see of those 200 games, 75 of them were at threat level 17. What's 75? Maybe more, 75 out of 200. So that's what, 37%. 37 oh, I thought, I thought you meant 75%. Yeah. I was oh, like, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> and then if you look, there's a skew. There's way more 18, 19, 20 than 15, mm-hmm. 14, 16 that's happened in that event. So there's, there's a skew there towards the higher threat levels, which, I mean, is uh, when you're playing with your models, you want to put more models on tables. So I, I kind of get that. Um, like I said, the real life events are going to be a slight skewed in terms of not everyone owns everything, so uh, you're going to have more of a people focusing on the things they own, and nearly everyone owns the core set. So you're going to see more of those seventeen threat crises. Plus, everyone's got a plan for seventeen because it's the most common mm-hmm. threat level that we're seeing. So people go, "Well, I'm, I feel comfortable at seventeen, and mm-hmm. maybe that's a mistake occasionally, but it's where people are at at the minute." Uh, let's just quickly again uh, on crises these are a nice breakdown on uh, on Longshanks by far the most common struggle for the cube uh, and hammers so cubes and hammers 44 and 40 so that's what 84 out of 200 uh, when it comes to secures it's a lot more spread out the most common was uh, gamma wave which is a slight surprise to me and then Infinity Formula, which may be less of a surprise because it feels like one of those more neutral crises. But there are definitely some teams who feel more advantaged on that crisis than others. Yeah. It's quite yeah, I'm uh, surprised to see that. I mean, Hammers doesn't surprise me, but Cubes maybe does a little bit. Well, that kind of dovetails into what we're going to talk about a bit later in the podcast. Uh, but I think... 
There's been some people out there hating on cubes, and I think there's a number <laughs> of affiliations who actually genuinely like cubes. Not to mention that we're in kind of a voodoo meta at the minute, and having those multiple extracts kind of dilutes the value of voodoo compared to the single extracts. So maybe it was a metaphor for some people. Maybe it was a practicality. I've got access to this in the core set and the kind of familiarity uh, element as well. But I do agree with that. I uh, have been talking with some people lately and I'm like, man, I just like, I've played Voodoo on like Spider Infected and he's like way worse than if you just play him on, you know, Skrull. Right? Sure. And mm-hmm. he's, he's probably least good on Spider Infected because at least cubes, you might hit someone who's picked up two cubes at like round three, round four. And then you can go, well, you can drop those two cubes. And then that's as much of an impact as dropping, dropping a senator or whatever. Um, but yeah, yeah exactly. Absolutely. Uh, that, that actually, and now that you mentioned that, I mean, that's, that was my one loss in the, uh, in, in the league this year was because of that, because Voodoo, I had two cubes on Toad and if, you know, Voodoo's can just take that off easily. He did 96 points for two turns. Um, so yeah, I think Voodoo's just more effective on that just because there's multiple, I mean, multiple extracts that would drop and you just pick them up or whatever. Right. Um, yeah, that's my opinion. So yeah. some interesting numbers coming out of there. We'll put the, put the link to the stats in the, in the show notes. So if you want to go and have a look at some of the, more of the stats yourself, there you can see them. Uh, Longshanks does a great job of presenting some of the stats. Uh, when it comes to lists, there's, there's a way to go there and I'm still crunching those numbers manually. Um, I had some help from Sam and Ghost Deer, who are big Longshanks nice. advocates. Um, but the CSV formats that they exported, it's 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 <laughs> you just manually input the data through Google's form, and then you get nice clean data to analyze. Okay. Um, just because uh, there's no validation on the way people input the lists, and so some mm-hmm. people will like write uh, fear grips for hammers, and some people will write fear grips world as worthy terrorized cities, but they might misspell something. <laughs> people will write hammers, or some people will write hammers with a Z because they're edgy, or I, I don't know. <laughs> um, so it just it takes a lot of time to clean that data. So absolutely, maybe maybe in the future, Longshanks moves towards some sort of like list validation, and that would be great in terms of data analysis. Uh, as it is at the minute, uh, I mean the way, TTO is no better, except that the league makes people fill in a Google form, which is does get that clean data out of it. So, right, maybe, maybe something to to reflect on and see if that evolves in the future. Yeah. Right, Chewy, why don't we talk about uh, season seven top cut? Because <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's. How did you do this this week? Uh, did I? I got the victory over Hyper Viper, man. Um, by the way, whoever does the matchmaking out there, thank you. Give me one of the hardest matchups for round one. I appreciate it. <laughs> hey, okay. I didn't complain. I just swapped you for Morgan Reed. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Oh my god. Actually, I would have preferred, man. If, then if I beat Morgan, man, then I'm a superstar, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> then oh man, the internet would have exploded. Lose to Morgan. Who cares? Morgan's it, better than me. Win, beat Morgan. I'm the best. Right? I'm the best. Absolutely. <laughs> Who cares about winning the rest of the way? You beat Morgan yeah. Reed, guys. Come well, on. I gotta say, uh, actually, I am a significantly better criminal syndicate player after my match to Morgan. The time I spent reflecting on that loss and thinking about what I could have done differently. Uh, I think in the moment, I was happy with all of my decisions, but on reflection, there are some things that maybe I would have done differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and as, as a result now, yeah. Uh, I mean, I've, I've said it before on this podcast, but steel, sharpened mm-hmm. steel, and 
Morgan has sharpened my steel. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you learn more for your losses than you do your wins, man. And if you're playing against a top player, um, you just, especially after a loss, you're just like, you sit there and think about it and like, what could you have done better? You know, uh, turn two or turn three, you know, what could have, what could you have done differently to change the game around? And basically it's sharp. It's going to make you a better player overall. Like when I lost to Mike at LVO, um, literally that's all I thought about for two or three weeks was like, okay, if I would did this here, if I would did that there, you know what I mean? And it just literally changed my outlook on the game. And it's it's made me a better player. And honestly, if I didn't think I if I didn't go to LVO, I'm gonna be honest with you, I don't think I would have done as good in the cut um playing this this season. Um playing against those players, like playing against Hyper Viper, um, Mike and just everybody out there, like really, really sharpened my tool set and uh it's it's awesome. But yeah, I mean I got a chance to play against Hyper Viper. Um he beat me at LVO. Um, when I literally, when I, when I got into this league, cause I was, I'm, I'm just telling you right now, I am on an ass whooping tour for this league. I'm just going to go out and say it. I know no one's going to like it. I know everybody's going to be like, Oh my God, this guy's, I'm on an ass whooping tour. That means anybody who comes my way or is going to play me, you're going to get full. Like I'm in, I'm in kill mode. So can I'm here. Can of whoop ass mode. I'm here to whoop everybody's ass. Oh, as they say, <laughs> Yeah, bus bus ass exactly. Yeah, <laughs> complete bus ass, and I'm I'm, not, I'm unapologetic about it, right? So you know, I'm here to make a name for myself. I'm here to get talked about. You know what I mean? I do want to be considered one of the top players in the states or world, whatever. You know what I'm saying? And I'm here to do it with the team that I actually like. Um, but yeah, like uh, I said, I wanted Mike in the cut. I said I wanted Hyper Viper in the cut. I'm like, I want to run those back, and I want to do it when it matters. You know what I'm saying? Um, not a personal thing, but it's just I. Those are the two guys that beat me. You know what I mean, LVO. So I was like, I want to avenge those and then move on and keep doing what I'm doing. Um, so I got Hyper Viper. Not that I was excited. Not that I was like angry about it. I was just like, really? I was hoping to get it next round or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I got it. Um, I know he plays Avengers. Um, the entire time, I just kept thinking about what I, what I wanted to do for this match. I definitely wanted to win priority. That's hundred. That's easy, right? Um, win priority, choose extracts. Um, I was debating choosing secures um, because I do like my secures over his. Um, but when I looked at his extracts, he had two that I hate the most, which is um, Struggle for the Cube and um, Spider Infected. I don't like those at all as a Brotherhood player, especially the way I want to play. Um, I know Juggernaut probably has a way to grab two cubes, but it's just, you, you, they could just spread out more and just, I just don't like it. I really don't like that matchup at all. Um, so I went with extracts and I got, I got, you know, I got what I wanted, which was alien ship. So I got the chance to slow down the game. Um, and then from there he picked uh, extremis because he had two pay to flips and I was like, okay, the only pay to flip I want is mutant madman because I do have, uh, four defense dice characters that can, you know, do their thing, juggernaut, you know, and uh, rogue as well. And, um, and Extremis. Those are the two that I wanted. And I was like, if I get either one of those, I'm good. If I get Spider Portals, I'm going to hate myself, right? <laughs> so I ended up getting Extremis, which is a slow secure. So you're looking at the situation. It's Alien Ship Extremis. And um, I'm like, okay, this is in my favor. You might not think so, but it is because the points are not going to be that high. And I can go ahead and play my attrition game. You know what I mean? And, and the Avengers, I don't care who, who you put in front of me. Like, you're not going to out-attrition Magneto and Rogue and juggernaut it's just not gonna happen um so what ended up happening was turn one 
Um, I had priority. I passed. He played passive and put Sam on his home secure. And I was like, okay, here I go. I'm going to go in with Toad. And Toad flipped for the uh, alien ship and just got it on his first roll. Right behind a size three building. Nice. <laughs> dude, I'm telling you, Toad Coon, that dude, I'm. it's been like four or five straight rolls I've had on alien ship on turn one. And he's got it every single you know, I, I don't think I've seen anybody would, would like if somebody plays Toad and gets yeah. a Skrull Alien Core Sender on the mm-hmm. first round. I don't think I've ever seen that player lose. Nope, so. I haven't lost. I haven't <laughs> lost. It hasn't happened. Yeah, it's a very uh, privileged uh, advantage. Like if you absolutely, that, that. And I often with, say a lot of times yep. when I play Toad and he like goes for the extract, I'm like, all right, we're gonna roll to see if I just win the game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, and uh, I felt confident from there because, I mean, his roster was uh, Sam, Voodoo, um, damn, Vision. I'm trying to think of one more. Uh, there's there's two more. doesn't matter. Um, he didn't have Black Cat, so and he wasn't playing Steve's leadership, so it didn't matter. So I'm like, okay, he's not going to steal it. The worst thing he could do is literally advanced R&D, drop the token, and nobody's really going to get it. I'm just going to get it back, right? Um, which is what I want because the thing is when you're playing against voodoo first off your mindset needs to be how fast can I get this character off the table and who's going to do it right secondly when voodoo does his possession you have to do it in an order where you're always going to have an opportunity to get that extract back like you don't want him to do it when he can grab it and then take off and then you can't and you have nothing you know to stop him right because then he's just going to score the points Right, because what you're, what's going to end up happening is is like Voodoo's going to have to make a decision. Okay, do I recall for the extra dice or do I just die? So we kept playing that game. So he did that to Toad. I climbing gear. This was great. I had enough power to climbing gear, so I climbing gear with Magneto. Moved once. I got within one of the alien ship core and within two of Voodoo. And I was like, here we go. Here we're going to Pound Town now. And um, I went in and uh, started doing my damage. I put the alien ship onto Magneto, and he had no way to get it back. So I took it early, like three, it was like three to two lead or something like that, or three to one or two to one or whatever it was. Um, And then from there, it was literally just rinse, recycle, repeat. Literally. I just, every time Voodoo took it off, I got it back. Um, And that's basically the game I played until I was able to KO him. I did something really cool with, uh, with Rogue. So I was able to charge into Voodoo. Did the spender. And uh, because he dazed Juggernaut at this point. So I went in, threw Voodoo at the car, did literally the perfect amount of damage. I did five damage total, threw him on a car on his injured side. And I was within range two of Juggernaut for field dressing. I had about six power on me. Um, And then from there, that's when you you, you can watch the video. You can watch the match. He's like, oh, damn, I screwed up or whatever, blah, blah. <laughs> and I feel dressing Juggernaut back, and that was all she wrote. Basically, the game was basically in my hands. I mean, everything played out the way I wanted it to. Um, so, I mean, that was the game in the nutshell, honestly. Um, well, congrats, man! Um, yeah, thank you. <laughs> you got your yeah. matchup for next round. Uh, Do you are ready? Oh my god, who am I playing? <laughs> okay, live reaction here. You're playing Ooh. Matt Alex. <laughs> I I called it. I I was I think I mentioned it somewhere in, in Discord that I'm gonna get a because web words are my kryptonite, man, and uh, that's one of the things I want to overcome too. So I'm kind of happy I'm getting uh, 
web now i'm not happy but i am happy i'm getting web wars i want to get over this 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 stupid crap of web wars where they just constantly block everything on me so um so i'm, I'm okay got mad alex all right let's go let's do this <laughs> i'm sorry mad alex man you're on my uh you know you're gonna you're gonna get rage chewy so i'm 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 on a i'm on a scorched earth path brother so good luck to you um yeah i'm, I'm excited let's do this <laughs> i'm ready to go wow hell yeah absolutely okay uh i guess it's worth giving you an update <clears throat> on sploosh and how he did mm -hmm. uh so sploosh had a really good game against against rookie boy uh which i streamed so you can mm -hmm. check it out on my twitch board for like the next two weeks or it'll be on youtube very shortly if it's not already mm -hmm. um but unfortunately sploosh lost that game uh he was playing a uh, what was it we were playing uh, infinity formula uh researcher uh and he was put on 16 into the like classic black order 16 for rookie boy and he went with a kingpin hood bullseye and mind gem thanos so only seven threat thanos into it thinking my thanos cancels your thanos mm -hmm. the game ultimately hinged on um his thanos very early round one went in cleared out the, the researcher and scored the researcher but was then standing close enough to corvus and proxima that they then got to activate and uh try and take him out Proxima got a couple of power on one of her early attacks, and that led to a face me, which pulled. I can't Thanos. hear anything at all. Can't hear anything. I hear you, Jacob. Okay, cool. Uh, which pulled Thanos uh, into a spot where Corvus was able to get him, uh, and it all kind of went downhill from there when Thanos's control got turned off. Sploosh was banking on Hood and Medpack to kind of keep Thanos alive and on his healthy side. And once he went down, it was an uphill battle. And I think he called GG at the end of round four, uh, just like he didn't see a route to victory for himself. So, uh, unlucky Sploosh. Uh, Rookie Boy played really well, and Sploosh will acknowledge that. And ultimately, it was down to um, down to how, how quickly he could take down Thanos. And he got taken down, and... That was the way the game went. So, uh, congratulations, Rookie Boy. Sploosh will be back with a vengeance, no doubt. Uh, but that is uh, the end of Sploosh's run in Season 7 as well. Right, well, let's move on now. Uh, and we've got a topic that uh, I want to talk about. Uh, and I've got lots of thoughts on. Uh, and I've been thinking about this a lot. This has been my... My, my bugbear with Rostus building for a long time. And that is, what is your plan when you lose priority and you're given extracts? Because we're in a secure heavy meta in that a lot of teams, when they win priority, want to choose the, ex, uh, the secures that favor them, which means that you end up with extracts without priority. So that happens quite a lot, I've been finding. And I think there are a few good things to do, and there's an awful lot of things which maybe aren't so good. Lots of teams have extracts that they like if they get priority. You know, we're thinking about like the Angular and Amazing Spider-Man plays where they can go and grab a center one and retreat safely. But I think there are some good plays to be had without priority on extracts. And I just wanted to dig in and explore some of these. So, Mike, have you got any, any initial thoughts mm -hmm. on this topic? Uh, well... 
Fury is a big one, but I don't know if we want to jump into him just yet. Well, no, let's do that. Let's, let's dive into Fury. He's on my list to talk about. Cool. So Fury basically gives you a global <laughs> double activation on round one. And the grunts are medium-based medium move. So they can grab any extract on the table except for like a back hammer or back Montessi book. And they also, when they die, they drop their extracts where you get to place them. So they just drop backwards towards you pretty much all the time. And when you combine that with the medium base, mm -hmm. it's very difficult to get the extracts off of these grunts because you pick them up, the grunts die, and then they get dropped backwards. Oftentimes your opponent has to make a move action, and then they attack the grunts, the grunts die, they get dropped backwards, and then your opponent just goes and runs another character and picks them up. Because now, like, basically any character can grab it. You mean the the, the player playing Fury? Then yes, you get yes, the player like playing Fury. You have to end your turn because you, you can't drop the token onto your guy that just killed the grunts, right? So uh, it's, it's very difficult to get off of the grunts. Um, so you're able to go, like, and then oftentimes, like, Fury can grab the middle or he can grab one in the back and then... Like, if, yep. I guess here's a good scenario. You can, if you're first with Fury on like Spider Infected, you can dive your grunts, grab the back Spider. Fury grabs the middle. And now you, you can just grab your two with the other two characters and you're up, up like four to one. Um, yeah. I mean, Fury might be exposed to some, some reprisal, shall we say. Uh, if he's got into the middle, and there's plenty of teams that have got tech to do that, but if you're against that sort of team, then you just grab one of your home, uh, sort of close-to-you spiders instead. Sure. So I guess the whole discussion we were saying was without prio. So uh, if you don't have prio, your opponent can either take the middle, or they can... I guess they can take any spider on the table, let's just say that, and then you just take whatever spiders are safest for you, whether sure. it's middle if, or theirs. If they take the spider that is like straight opposite the grunts and the positioning, the deployment is really important here. You've got to put your grunts almost directly opposite the um, the far extract you want to threaten. Uh, otherwise, they can't reach. And terrain can impact that as well. So you want to look at both sides and go, which side can my grunts actually reach? Uh, and But then once you've, once you've done that, you can then, if they grab that one that your grunts are threatening, you're well, fine. My grunts are just going to go to the middle instead. Exactly. And I've been doing this with Toad a lot, actually. Um, when Toad is also great for this, right? He's, he's probably better than the grunts, but because it's like if I have spider infected or whatever cubes, uh, it's like, yeah, Toad just does exactly that. It's like they grab the middle, or and then I grab one of theirs, or they grab one of theirs and I grab the middle. So. And Toad just grabs their weak side. And if you're going, if you don't have Pryo, you're probably deploying last. And you just deploy Toad on whatever side he's probably safest on. And, and uh, I've heard people saying, you know, uh, on cubes in particular, uh, should I go and go with the grunts? Because the grunts interact for free. So they can potentially grab two cubes. They can move up, grab your home cube, and then move on to grab a far cube. I feel like that's a mistake. I feel like what you should be doing is double moving your grunts to get the far cube and then fury in his activation goes to get like the near cube and maybe that's on the same side as the grunts or maybe that's on the opposite side of the grunts but either way i think you can grab two cubes with that activation that you've got 
even if it's your first activation, which is not with priority, so therefore it's second activation of the game. They've gone and they've done whatever they're going to do. Your grunts go and get a cube, be it the center, be it the far one that you've positioned to go and get, unless they've got uh, basically specifically Angela. Angela can run to the middle, grab that cube, and then run to uh, the back cube the grunts are threatening. So maybe you don't play this, you think they're going to put Angela into you. But other than that, this feels like a really strong play. Yeah, I um, I, yeah, I would not Definitely. recommend uh, dragging one of your cubes or the middle cube over to your opponent's side of the table with the grunts because they will die on round one. And uh, oftentimes, mm -hmm. the best way to play into Fury when he's doing these things is just... Like, he probably has prio because he's doing all these crazy things round one. I guess maybe he doesn't, but just kill the grunts when your opponent isn't able to grab the extracts when they drop. And just try to deny the points from both players. That's often enough. Mm. Um, I find Fury's his power level kind of ramps down significantly after round one, because then he's got to like resummon the grunts that can't move, and he's kind of just like a three threat, <laughs> honestly, on his card. Mm. So mm -hmm. it's, it's interesting though. There's other cool things you can do, and uh, reposition is a really interesting card for him uh, quite apart from the herb play that I, I wrote an article about I was speaking to Dizzard who's been playing a bit of shield and trying to kind of uh, get his head around them and how they work so this is entirely Dizzard's tech and I'll give him full credit for it but he said even on hammers it's really fun because imagine you load your entire team on one side this is more of a with prior play but i think it's, it's kind of tangentially relevant to what we're talking about load your entire team on one side where you can grab your home hammer and like the far let's call it the left hammer and you put fury on the right and fury goes so your grunts the fury grunts on the left go and grab the left hammer while fury goes and grabs the right hammer mm -hmm. if the fury grunts get taken out they drop them back and if fury uh, if they're concentrating a lot of firepower on fury then they're going to struggle probably against, I mean, maybe against certain matchups, but like Black Order, for example, but they're probably going to struggle to deal with Fury by himself on the, just like a bit back from the midline. And if they don't take him out in a single activation, but give him enough power, then he can reposition with the hammer back over to the left side where the whole of your rest of your uh, forces are. And then suddenly you've got three hammers concentrated in a point, which means you're getting extra dice. He said if they bring their hammer towards you, you're going to have four hammers because you've just got so many attack dice that you're you're going to take out whoever's carrying the hammer and pick it up. So that's kind of more of a with prio play, but it's interesting that you could still do a similar thing without prio and then bring fury over to the other side. So there's there's a lot of uh, space for exploration there with fury and his grunts, I think. Yeah, I I don't know how much I love that hammers play. I mean, all your opponent would have to do is A, kill the grunts, and then there's no reposition. B, for Fury to even be able to reposition with a hammer, he needs three power from zero on round one. And then right. you would as an opponent, you would have to like do exactly three damage and not kill him to well, let I mean, him do that. So you're like threading the needle, which seems very niche. If if uh, well he's got a uh, a gainer attack, hasn't he, that gains one power? Sure, but on round one, so you can play reposition no, no, no. out of activation. So I'm assuming Dizzard is like, oh, I'm gonna jam Fury up here, and then no, I think he's, I think he's thinking round two, early early doors round two, like top of round two. You bring okay, yeah, Fury I guess if you can fight. double pistol shot somebody with your power from the power phase, yes, you could reposition over. 
and your grunts would go first, but they're they're probably just dead. Like if your opponent is leaving your grunts alive at the yeah, end they're of dead. round one, like that's a massive misplay. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's more cute than yes. good. But yeah. I thought I'd, I thought I'd share that. It was, it was an interesting interesting one. But Fury uh-huh. definitely, um, I think, has without prior uh, without prior game plans. And I, I guess we should probably mention Herb. We're going to touch on Herb a bit later, but Herb is one of the things that your opponent can't interact with your Herb. So as, as we'll talk about later, and Fury has this round one play to score the Herb, uh, which they haven't errated reposition yet. So maybe reposition is intentionally better than all of the other movement shenanigans and shields thing is being better at movement shenanigans than anybody else. But that feels like, well, for a start, it's not shield locked. That is an unaffiliated card that is a Nick Fury card. So anyone taking Nick Fury can do this. And uh, I've been looking at humans and I think in humans do this probably better than anyone else. Maybe dark dimension is better, but then you're paying an eight, eight, uh, eight, eight, eight threat tax in order to get Dumamu, and you're not going as wide, so uh, debatable. But that's a, a significant no prior play that you can do with Fury as well. Nice. Um, another one of my favorites, but I don't have priority, obviously, is with the with Juggernaut. Um, the fact that he can move, push break a terrain feature and get and get to like your the other side of the D. Let's say for example, uh someone has someone has ASM on the other on the opposite side, grabs that hammer, and I have my right side with Juggernaut. I literally just run up, smash I'm sorry, run up, push, grab, and then run back. Um or if somebody grabs the middle uh extract, um what the other thing I love to do too is uh okay, let's say if I don't have prior, they grab the middle I walk up twice, throw a jug, throw it. Uh, do you know who I am? Throw him backwards, and then that's how I'll get that uh, middle extract at some mm. point. Um, Toad is another. I mean, you mentioned Toad already. Um, that's why I bring them both. I mean, they're really good. I mean, there's you know, but um, when I don't have priority and I don't have those extract plays, those those are my two plays that I go to. It's like okay, um, if they grab the one on the Juggernaut side, I have Toad. If they grab the one on Toad side, I have Juggernaut. And if they grab the middle extract with a spider or like a cube, I still have do you know who I am. So I have like at least about three different ways to uh, try to mitigate the uh, the point swing that they're going to get. Um, and, put, and, and, you know, try to keep the points parity. So I can get yes, the one. Those are kind of brotherhood plays, aren't they? Because you need the extra power from the terrain damage or you need the power refund from right. the leadership. Right, exactly. Well, the do you know who I am isn't. Do you know who I am is just you walk up twice and throw. Yeah, yeah you don't need right? for any of that. Right. Juggernaut moves, moves, throws. throws. Easy. Exactly. Easy. Toad it's just moves, moves, picks up. Like, yep. You can even like chain oh. do you know who I am with deception. Yes. Like you already yeah. yeah, you already yeah, trust me. I have I haven't done that yet, and, but someone's gonna get caught with that. And what's even crazier is that deception and do you know who I am are like not during any character's activation. Nope. So you could even like activate Magneto, Juggernaut toss somebody, Mystique Deception them, and you're just blasting them into deployment. <laughs> exactly. And Mystique so... Yeah, and I forgot to mention and Mystique is another character too. Um for uh, Final Night Prior. It's like, okay, cool. Someone overextends a bit. All right, cool. Walk up, deception, bring them forward, and I'm starting my game from there. Mm-hmm. Um so she's another one. Like um so um uh, by the way, um, I don't. Is there an uptick? Um, is ASM and Angela down this season? 
I'd say so. I've been saying for a while that I don't feel like, you know, those characters grabbing and running away is that effective. Yeah, I've noticed that. Uh, there's too many, like... The problem is you have five threat character that's running away. And yep. where, oftentimes, where are they going to stand so that they're also on a secure but also ran, running away, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like maybe Gamma Wave, low, that's low threat. Maybe Extremis mm-hmm. or like something like that. There's not a ton of maps where you can just run away and be relevant still. And right. it's a lot of VPs or a lot of threat to spend on like a one VP like that. And yeah, and there's, I, there's other, the there's other cute plays you can do to go and get that center thing. We're thinking about X-Men. We're thinking about Midnight Suns. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a few other options to do the same thing, potentially cheaper. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can Space even Loki. Space, Space Loki. Loki. Yeah. Uh, Avengers Assemble with Iron Fist if you want to burn your Avengers Assemble. <laughs> That's my favorite thing when uh, Avengers players. <laughs> yeah. Or even like Assembling Hulk works. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. There's way, there's things you could do. I mean, there's a lot of... And I like it, right? It's not so one-sided uh, when it comes to grabbing those extracts or anything like that. You know, there's there's ways to get around it. You know what I mean? Rather than like how... It first, you know, when, when Angela first came out, it was like, oh my god. Uh, she can grab a hammer and do what? <laughs> and move back. Yeah. Now it's like, oh no, no, we got we got plans for that, bro. Like that, that well, work this time, you know what I mean? Even even Thanos Thanos is like a non prio player. Yeah, right? Thanos is a well, let's one. let's let's come to Thanos in a minute, but I want to pick up on Angela there. Mm-hmm. Because I think Angela is a really strong option on hammers, no prio. And this was really popular, I don't know, like Season four, I think. Yeah, this, Pat used to do this all the time. I know what you're yeah. doing with this. So th- this was a fun play where uh, with Pryo, you like go with someone fast and tanky, like, I don't know, Black Panther, or maybe now you do it with Lizard, and you go and grab the left hammer, let's say, and then Angela would be on the right. And what you'd be threatening is, well, if you come and get that right hammer, what I'm going to do is I'm going to move. I'm going to throw a size four building at you when you've got mm-hmm. no power because you've just spent one, so you can't brace it. And then I'm going to attack you with a six dice attack. And good luck surviving that size four building plus a six dice attack. And then you're going to drop your hammer and I'm going to have it. (laughs) Um, So you can do kind of a riff on that with Angela on hammers where you just go, well, I'm not going to get the left hammer, uh, but I'm going to threaten with Angela on that side. Right. uh, So... If you're going with, I don't know, let's say Toad, and you've put Toad on your on your right, well, I'm going to counter-deploy Angela because I'm pretty certain that your first activation is Toad goes and gets a hammer because that seems like a good first activation. But then he gets a building thrown at him, and then he gets punched in the face, and then that's a dead Toad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that, that play, I don't know if it holds up as much now because uh, back in those days, you could R&D out of activation, right? Yeah, so you could. Mm-hmm. If... Your panther grabs one hammer, Angela goes up. Uh, let's say that if the character, the, there's a chance that you're throwing a size four, the character just dies outright. Yeah. Right? yeah. And then Angela has no power to pick it up. Well, when you exactly. have out of our activation R and D, you can just play that and grab the hammer. But mm-hmm. now, if Angela like one shots the character with a throw, you know you're kind of you didn't really accomplish anything. Right. Well, I mean, you got a big attrition advantage, but you know. Sure. Yeah, but you're not getting the VP, so. Yeah. yeah, I guess you have Priam, you can in theory kill the character. Yeah. So I think a lot of players think Hammers is this kind of neutral. <laughs> no, I don't have priority, so I can play Hammers and it'll be fine. I'll get two, they'll get two. I think a lot of the time that's just not warranted. I mean, we see a lot of 
black cat plays like in steve avengers mm -hmm. where you r and a power onto her and then she can do it for two and she just like goes well that's my hammer now and that that potentially threatens like your back hammer the person who grabs that she can go and get that one as well that's the thing that happens sometimes um or depending on your positioning uh or she can go to one of the wide hammers and go well i'm gonna I'm going to get that one that you got back off you, and I'm going to position in the middle, and so I can go to whichever hammer you went and got. Uh, another thing that you can can see is like voodoo making people drop hammers, particularly if two threats picking them up. Like Toad's a great mm -hmm. example. Uh, R&D a power onto him, and then have him go and make someone drop a hammer, or give him a way of generating power. Uh, maybe you've got him in, in humans, and you can transfer that power onto him. Uh, and you can do a three threat as well. So hammers, I feel like a lot of people take it thinking it's safe. And I feel like a lot of the time that's just not warranted. Uh, yeah, again, it's Black Order. Picking up a hammer is really, really dangerous. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially but, if you don't have a plan, you overextend. I mean, from there, that's Thanos doing Thanos things and just, yeah, just, oh, it, it's, it's gross. Um, you know, like it, it it's, yeah. It's, ugh. I don't even want to think about it. It's actually giving me nightmares right now, dude. Like, I don't even want to... Ugh. Yeah, Beat well, is quite strong on hammers. Right. Yeah. Uh, Brotherhood, they're, they're pretty strong, too. Um, you know, um, I can go as narrow as... You know, because the thing about Black Order is, is, like, they're so expensive, right? So they're not really going to go wide. They're going to go narrow. You know what I'm saying? Granted, they're always going to have priority, but I can go just as narrow as they can. Uh, the only difference is they're going to have priority, and I got to hope to survive. Uh, but the, uh, my mindset going into that is uh, the only character I'm going to give them is Juggernaut. Because if they daze or if they daze Juggernaut, okay, whatever. It is what it is. That's life. But if he survives out of like two Corvus attacks or whatever, I mean, that's, you know, Asteroid M for me. That's Asteroid M City all day for me. Which is like, okay, cool. Now I'm going to go in and bring in Magneto and try to get rid of Thanos as fast as possible or whoever. Right. Um, but yeah, outside of that, man, I it the minute I see Black Order, man, like I, I'm just terrified of putting anybody up there to grab that hammer, dude. Like Thanos is the best control character in the game, hands down. There's nobody better that does it. Um, it's just ugh, gives me nightmare. Plus, uh, well, with your Juggernaut, at least Juggernaut can't be mind gemmed either. Exactly. So I take away one control like factor. He can't mind gem me. All he can do is cosmic portal me. And if, like, like I said, if he does, like, and if he whiffs on attacks because Juggernaut is tanky, um, you know, um, I'm going to have some fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> From there. So, um, yeah, I don't know why people think, like, hammer. If they do think hammer's just neutral. Oh, no, it's not. I mean, it's swingy as hell. I'll, I'll tell you that right now. So. Um, yeah, I find hammers is, like, people try to make plays to, like, get them. And mm -hmm. then characters have to co like converge at some point to fight and then yeah. all the hammers like keep moving from one character to the next and that character yeah. just is rolling like a ton of dice yeah <laughs> oh absolutely yeah. dude well my favorite uh i think i told you this story at lvo my first match was a spider foes mirror and um he placed his trap next to venom like on my side so it was like it was serum and uh hammers right so he placed it on the serum where venom was I placed it, and he took Star-Lord, too. So he took Star-Lord, and I didn't realize he picked the Power Gem, right? And I didn't realize he had Eye on the Prize. I took a look at his cards for, like, two seconds. I was like, okay, whatever. Typical spider pose, right? Because I'm playing spider pose. I don't need to be over here. So I put the trap literally on his home hammer, right? 
So it put it there, and then he was like, okay, eyes on the prize, take the hammer, literally get rid of the trap. And I was like, oh, okay. So then he went over to the other side and picked up the other hammer towards where Venom was, right? So he goes and does that. And the minute I saw that happen, I was the happiest person on the planet because he put himself within four of uh, Venom's push. So I literally just exploded the trap. <laughs> exploded it, gained <laughs> my power, dude. This was, by the way, this was after um, I went over with ASM. So I went over ASM, grabbed the hammer, came back. And then he did that. And then he went, I went in and said, okay, cool. So I literally exploded it, pulled him towards me. And then I just went to Pound Town. And then from there, um, I ended up with all four hammers. Yep. <laughs> I just scored four points. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, you know, um, just, just to give you an example, how, like, you know, um, if you have, you know, if you have some sort of control or some way to, to, Snag that character that has that extra hammer that you need. It's not as safe as you think it is. It really isn't. Mm. Um, yeah. Should we talk about herbs a little bit? Because this is, <laughs> I think, genuinely one of the things that is good without priority. Because yeah. your opponent, like we mentioned earlier, your opponent can't interact with it. So they can't take it away from you. Oh, so they can't. So let me ask you this question. So... Can it so it can't be stolen now? No, like by, it can't. Stolen. Jacob's saying it can't be picked up off the ground. Okay, gotcha. I'm yep. sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. okay. Yep. So unlike with other extracts, they can't have a character go ahead of yours and like deny you from getting. Gotcha. Right. Correct. And yeah. there's a number of ways. I mean, famously, I wrote a lot of articles about it of scoring the herbs round one, and even those teams that don't score them round one often have good plans to score them round two. Mm. And uh, I know. Mike feels strongly about this this crisis. Um, oh my lord! Yeah. <laughs> right, look, let me just get into this right now, guys. Okay, listen, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna repeat myself. How many games has someone? Do we have data on how many people? Okay, the person who did this, like re- return the herb, turn one, turn two. How many games have they won? Like, what's the win percentage? Yeah, that's not a number I have to hand, but. Generally, my played experience is scoring the herb once is enough to win you the game. That's generally my, my kind of rule of thumb when it comes to the herb. But at what? Here's my next question: At what point in the game was it scored? So, like, it was it scored? Matter. No, no, no. Was it, it scored it, round four? Was it scored round no, five? I don't. Two? I don't think there's there's not really any round one herb plays going on at the moment. But not like mm. we'll get into fury, right? Yeah, we'll get into fury. Yeah. Pentagram's got nerfed. It did, yep. yes. It did. Well, there's, yes. there's the Dormammu play, but that's more interruptible. Yeah, you can do like Dormammu, Medusa, Lockjaw, or something like that, right? Yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, n- now that Fury exists, you can you can play Dormammu or Inhumans, and you can or Wong sure. in combination with R&D. And then sure. you can just double move him to the herb, teleport him away to your grunts, and there's nothing you can do about it. Well, there's there's limited counterplay. Sure, um, I'm I'm being hyperbolic, I guess, when I say nothing. Yeah, but but you need to have specific tech in the form of like R and D onto uh, onto someone who can then use that power to display some solo. I'm thinking like when double moves and web lines, for example. Or that's uh, not that great though. <laughs> uh, you just body block with the grunts, and it's fine. Sure, you're right. There's counterplay to that, but uh, the best ones are. Uh, Enchantress or Thanos using the Mind Gem or maybe Loki using the Mind Gem. Um, or, like, Ebony Maul has the Mind Gem, does he? I can't remember. Deception. He can use the Mind, I think. Uh, Deception's not going to work because Fury's going to be within two of the Grunts. Yep. 
Well, you would have to do okay. So if you would, you would have to know at that. Well, yeah, reposition and whatever. No, because wait a minute, if they telegraph and go, because they would have to go grunts first in front of the vessel. No, because right? the grunts go and then Fury goes immediately after them. There is no right. Window. So okay, so grunts go first and then he goes up, grabs the herb. And teleports immediately. Teleports immediately, but he would have to have. Hold on a minute. He starts the game off with. Well, yeah, hold so on. You would have to start. advance R and D first, right? Yep. And that's yeah. why you so either need one or you move, need. Oh, I get it. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So now I'm seeing it. Okay. You got to get free power on him, but once you've cleared that hurdle, it's okay. it's easy, plain sailing. Okay. Um, um, so there so, are there is there is counterplay here that I have discovered that I think a lot of people are not aware of, and it's uh, pretty much every list can do this. Um. You can body block Fury with two characters. Uh, um, just stand them in front. Yeah, like the, put, the, put, yeah, you don't. Yes, you're absolutely right. You can do that, and that was in my original article. The downside of that is, as soon as you commit one character to that, I activate the grunts, go and stand on the vessel, I activate Fury, he goes and teleports to the herb, mm-hmm. and you've committed your character. And do you have a character that can do something about it on the other sure, side? Sure, but you might be able to get two characters there before Fury's ready to go and grab the herb. Uh, I guess. But the only first that, like, my first activation is Wong or somebody R&Ding a power to him. Mm-hmm. Or both. Sure. It's very dependent on what, yeah. the, what the rest of the list with Fury looks like. Because if you're playing like a Mystique Brotherhood, and, they, and it also depends on Pryo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It also, but then you've spent two characters, so that's what, at least four threat, probably more like six, typically, um, to go and stand somewhere that's not very relevant, and then probably not on an extract, uh, not on a skewer. And I go, well, I'm now advantaged. Mm -hmm. I've still got this good card in my back pocket of reposition, Mm -hmm. which is going to be relevant at some point in the game. Because my grunts are far away from pure fury, so well then you, then you can just kill the grunts on round two and it's it's fine. Right? Yeah, it's so but what, if my, you my stop at round is, one, you're you're heavily advantaged. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. I agree. I think the opportunity cost that they've invested in that is not that high. Uh, I think Fury's kind of a dud, honestly. I do. I. I mean, I, the other thing is too. Like we also forget that. I mean, we can. It's not like Fury is this tanky character either i mean the option to kill him is there the other thing is too like are they scoring the other secures are they are you what's your plan for herb as well like are you doing something with herbs are you trying to move it across the table like are you just my thing is is that are you just gonna sit there look at fury and be like yeah i'm gonna let you come over here and get on the vessel no and if you're and if that's your approach then yeah you should lose um no, you should. You should. I mean, that this is my point. Is like, if you know that's coming, then have a plan on that side. All you got to do is if just kill him. Like, it's not like he's five or six. It's not like he's 13 health. Like, we're acting like he's the tankiest thing on the planet. Granted, it's a pain in the ass and it's brutal. I'm sorry. You don't ahead. have to kill him. If you just kill the grunts, the whole plan is full. Oh, no, exactly. Yeah, kill the grunts. Yeah, exactly. Kill the grunts. Yeah, right. Correct. But yeah, just do that. Have a plan. Like I don't. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, really just deny him from picking up round one, and then the right. grunts die, and that's it. Yep. They're not probably not going to score it. Sure. What I'm what I'm saying is, I think you've committed to an extent that you're now putting yourself at a disadvantage from the amount of resources you've committed to stopping that play. That the rest of the team that's not Fury 
can go and pick up secures and get an advantage that way. Maybe they're starting to get an attrition advantage because I've mm. got, I don't know, Black Bolt who can be locked jawed up and start shooting into your two guys that are body blocking. I, I just feel like the, the, the hoops it makes you jump through mm-hmm. in order to do that disadvantage you for the rest of the, certainly for the rest of the early game. Maybe late um, game you can bring it back, but I think it's play. I think there's counterplay, but it, obviously my opinion still holds above mm-hmm. all that herbs should just be banned. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it, I it's it's always brought because of three reasons, yeah. and one of these reasons is never to play the actual scenario. Mm. Uh, well, two of the reasons. Yeah. Sure. Well, one reason <laughs> is it's fifteen threat, and Black Order often can't play fifteen, so cool. Uh, another reason is it can't be stolen on ground one. Another reason is it is often never scored, so attrition teams love it. Right. And or it's played to break it like this, right. or like Correct. with pentagrams before it got nerfed or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Right. Correct. There's never like an honest game of like capture the flag. So in my opinion, right. the crisis should be gone for that reason. Yeah. Or. Or rework, man. Like, cause I, honestly, like, I, mean, I, I really don't want to. Like, I hate banning extracts. Like, they need we. And here's the thing. Like, I wish AMG were a little more proactive on this stuff. Um, it's just I would rather them rework it and like make it. Um, just make it work, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I don't know. Um, I hate the fact that panic's gone. I understand why. I'm not dumb. Like, I, I get it. But, I mean, just fix it. Like, do something. Like, just make an adjustment. Like. Like what they did with uh, Data Legacy Virus. Granted, that was a typo, right? But, um, I mean, literally that week, I think it was you, right? Uh, who was it that came out with that uh, Thanos and uh, Hulk play for viruses or whatever it was? Yeah, that was me. That was you. Yeah, you wrote an article literally, what, an hour or two later? They said, oh, guys, we made a mistake. It's not supposed to be E. It's supposed to be C. So, I mean, if they can go out and do that, um, you know, rather than ban something, just rework it or rework your rules so that that way this isn't as you know whatever um but yeah i mean if it, you know if it's if it becomes a problem at least for now i mean that's the fastest thing to do is to ban it and go for it but i just wish they're more proactive man like make it like make it work you yeah, know like, I, I mean this is my opinion's not even because of fury I, i've held this opinion for a long time you have it was before fury yeah we've talked about it a decent yeah. amount like i mean i I understand the concept of it. it's supposed to be capture the flag, but there's an object. The problem is in capture the flag. If you ever play it, um, the flag returns, right? It goes back once it's dropped. You know what I'm saying? So that doesn't happen here. I'm not saying that'll fix it, but you know, you could do that. Right. But then again, what happens is like you have to remeasure because we don't have marked terrain or, or marked maps. Right. I'm putting that in air quotes. Um, so it's going to, you know, it takes time away from the game. You got to go remeasure. Okay. It goes back to here. And, but I don't know. Um. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens, man. I mean, you know, everybody's concerned about it. I'm not. I, I, I get that it's you know it's broken or whatever, or that they can do some crazy shit with it. But me, I already have my mindset on on what to do. I'm like, if you want to do that, bro, go right ahead. I would like to see what your what's your plan past turn one once you score the herb. Is my is my question. Like, what is your plan past it? And we'll see. Yep. I, th- I think um, as somewhat of a. Uh, connoisseur of these round one herb plays this is the <laughs> easiest um it is 
the least investment required and it has the least counterplay of mm. any that I've seen. And so if ever there was to be a her play that worked in this mm -hmm. in, in the sense you're talking about, I think this is it. Because you're only in like in Mystique Brotherhood or in humans or Dormammu, you're only investing one character and two cards to mm. score four VPs on the first round. That seems like a good uh, like a good investment in terms of your roster size. Mm. I agree. I yeah. I've definitely brewed, you know, fury lists to like exploit this, and it, you know, it feels really great when you want to win prio and then you lose prio, and you're like, ha! I just put you on fifteen herbs, and sucks to suck, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I hope uh, it doesn't become like a yeah I, common I, thing. I really, I really hope it doesn't either. Um, but we'll see. Um, you know, well, good good things rise to the top, and we'll see whether it does. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, another thing that I see a lot is people bringing a lot of single extracts. So I'm thinking alien ship, I'm thinking scrolls, I'm thinking mm -hmm. maybe senators. Thinking, well, if I if I don't have prio, I'm going to have uh, you know, a decent chance of getting it, and if I don't get it, I'm going to bring like a black cat or a voodoo who's going to mm -hmm. get it for me. Um, and so this this seems like some people's answer to what do I do when I don't have priority and I get extracts? Because I think a lot of people build their roster and think, well, nearly every time I'm going to choose secures because that fits my game plan. And so I'm going to take the single priority extracts, uh, which sort of answer my problem. But the issue I have with that is we're in a voodoo and black cat meta where they are this makes them even better and so you're kind of playing into the strength that people are building for and it feels like you're 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 zigging instead of zagging and everybody knows you're going to zig and so everyone's got the tools they need to deal with the thing that you've done you guys got so this is exactly how i feel now i uh mm -hmm. obviously went into lvo with that whole scenario in mind and no one else did. I played into like cubes a lot of times yeah. and I was heavily advantaged and like nobody had the tools to like disrupt my scroll and core runaway stuff. Mm -hmm. Now everyone in the league does. And uh, I definitely have pivoted now to playing like spider infected in cubes and stuff like that. And like okay. playing web warriors more. Okay. And uh, because I feel like there's just too many people with black order tech. There's too many people with voodoos and cats running around. <laughs> That it yeah. makes it difficult to to actually and just not to mention like Thanos with whatever makes right. the plan also very difficult, right? Mm -hmm. Um so yeah, I, I think I think people are probably sleeping on like spider infected cubes. Um, maybe not cubes because it was like second at in England, right? So, so yeah. But also there's a lot of narrow lists going around, right? There's like a lot of Thanos like space reality splash, there's a lot of like brotherhood lists, like none of these lists want to see spider infected. No, yeah, it's something you should be thinking about. Yeah, as a brother, as a player, yeah, I don't, I don't want to see either one of those at all. Um, I don't like them. I hate them. Um, my one loss was to the uh, to the cubes and all that crap. Um, I just, I'm just not a fan of it. Um, so yeah, um, I don't know. Have you got any thoughts on the the single extracts? As how, how good are they as a non prior pick? Great. Um, at least for me, because um, I mean, my, my approach to the game is slowing the game down as, as just slow it down, right? I know I'm going to have the less model count, 
Um, because I know I'm, I know I'm going with Magneto and I'm going with Juggernaut. That's eleven. That's eleven points invested already, right? So from there, um, the other thing is too. What benefits me not winning prior is I could I get to choose points, right? So I'm going second. I get that slow extract. Obviously, I'm gonna take the twenty points, right? Depending on what team I'm playing against. Um, maybe if I'm playing against Black Order. Maybe I don't go 20. Maybe it depends on what the secure is, right? At that point, let's say if I got alien ship and it's 20 and it's some silly secure like sword or, or something, whatever, right? Um, from there, I'll you know change up my mindset a little bit, um, just to make it uncomfortable for him, uh, or whoever I'm playing against, uh, it's black order. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, the it, 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 I don't know, it, it's hard to explain, um. The other thing is too is like with the fact that Black Cat, like you just mentioned it too, um, Black Cat and Voodoo. Uh, even if I don't get it, I still have those two characters in my back pocket, right? That I haven't activated yet. And with the fact that I'm playing Magneto and his leadership, Black Cat's gonna have the power, no problem, right? I can literally just run, smash, uh, contest. I whiff. Okay, cool. I hand the power to Black Cat. I had to plan for Voodoo, or I hand the power to Magneto. Whatever. Um, from there. Um, I try with someone else. If it fails, whatever. I still have Voodoo Black Cat, so Magneto can just throw something, give her a power. The steel's online, and Voodoo's closer to denying that extract if they get it. Um, so, yeah, that's why I feel more comfortable. It's, it's those two characters in a nutshell. Um, and Brotherhood, I want to slow the game down. So, Yeah, I think to answer your question, Jacob, it's... Yeah. You're kind of just leaving the game to a dice roll a lot of yeah. the time. Uh, if like if the scroll or core is not found on round one, you often and the map is not map E, you're probably committing to one side of the table. And whichever like strong flank picks up the extract is heavily advantaged and often just wins. Um, so it, and now that you know everyone has steals and Thanos and whatever, mm -hmm. it's probably going to stay on that side it's not gonna no one's gonna run away with it mm -hmm. um so yeah it's <laughs> i definitely don't like them as much as i used to um but i guess if you're just trying to slow the game down like in chewy's case it, it can make sense mm. we touched on cubes and spiders a bit there and i, I think uh, morgan reed on strike better podcast has been very vocal in saying why would you ever ever take these and i've got several <laughs> several counterpoints that I guess I want to make at this point. Uh, one of which is lovingly stolen from uh, Omnus in his recent episode about X-Men and the, uh, frankly, excellent play of having Corvus go grab, uh, to understorm's leadership, having Corvus go grab like a, a close spider or a cube, whatever, uh, his husband and wife with his second power onto Proxima, who then uh, storm leadership leaps off Corvus, long moves to a far one, grabs it, and long moves back. That seems like a really, really strong play to me. Yeah, that's a cool play. I um, I question grabbing the far spider when you could just grab the middle, though. Yeah. Unless sure. you uh, have a way to punish the person who grabs the middle one. Wait, I'm kind of ex assuming, well, you, you're right. Proxima has the option of going to either the far spider or the center spider, whichever hasn't been picked up, or cube equally so. Um, 
and I'm kind of imagining worst case scenario they've done their shenanigans, whatever they've got to go and grab the, the middle one and you're like, man, I have to respond to this and my response is, well I'm going to pick up these two and gotcha. the, only, the only real counterplay to that is uh, you go and grab the one in front of Corvus, in which case whoever grabbed the one in front of Corvus is in for a real bad time <laughs> Yeah, I understand now. Yes, that mm-hmm. is that's a very clever and and smart play. I like it. So, and that's a non-prio play. So you're going well. I don't have prio, but you're going to pick up like one of these cubes or one of these spiders. Fine, I'm going to grab two on my activation. So I'm now ahead of you in the race. Yeah, that's solid. So, I like that. I also uh, like utility, again, stealing hideously from other people here, Utility Cookie's uh, Criminal Syndicate play on cubes, where he's actually very keen for you to go and pick up the cubes, because then you're going to take cube damage. And now, like, okay, maybe get one or two rounds where you're one victory point ahead, but I'm I'm playing criminals, and I'm probably playing... Um, I'm probably playing better on secures than you so maybe i'm one vp like often there's like nine vps up for grabs when you're playing cubes and maybe i'm I may, maybe i'm four to five but maybe i'm five to four because i've managed to make up that deficit with my secure plays but let's imagine i'm four to five well okay great you've got three cubes you've got two characters who have two rounds taking two damage then i'm going to all according to plan uh i'm gonna maybe i'm going to use bullseye uh, and potentially Juggernaut, because I'm playing Criminal Syndicate, and Juggernaut's great in Criminal Syndicate. I'm going to, in the previous round, before I play all according to plan, I'm, and steal priority, I'm going to leave you on one damage left, because Juggernaut can do a single point of damage guaranteed, and Bullseye is pretty good at doing a single point of damage guaranteed. Um, so he can leave you. They can, you can manipulate their health levels so that they then daze, drop the cube, you steal priority on that turn. You go and uh, you, maybe you don't even go and get the cube straight away, but you go with your big attrition play and you take out some other people. Suddenly, you've got three dazed people, three or four dazed people before you've even got to activate a character on that round. And you just go, well, I just have no activations, and I'm going to score nine VPs on that round, almost guaranteed, and that wins the game just almost straight up. So there's another situation there where I really like cubes or potentially spiders. Um, cubes being better though because of that damage uh, where it's a non uh, okay I, I don't care if you get an, an extract advantage it's got i'm going to win in the long run you're going to get two vps up on me over the course of two turns but then i'm going to have a turn of scoring nine cure zero good luck with that yeah exactly so one final one um thinking about this is uh anytime you've got Green Goblin and Dr. Octopus. I feel like they want as many opportunities to have uh, well-laid plans uh, as they can, and the more opportunities you have, the more they're going to drop them, the more they're going to take damage. More more good, more better. So I, I think I'm, I'm probably like spacing on a whole load of other teams who have got great plays on cubes and spiders, not to mention, as we mentioned earlier, the fact that we're diminishing the value of cat and voodoo who are really who are really prevalent in the meta at the minute so it's kind of a meta pick in a in a sense so having a play on that or having a plan just to go you know i've got this plan so that the secures are going to be okay and i don't mind going one down on extracts simply because maybe i'm not criminal syndicate but maybe i'm I'm web warriors and i've got a whole load of ways of moving your guys off the secures and my guys onto secures 
Maybe that's another place that it's, it's not awful at all. Or Wakanda. Wakanda, man, ugh, Wakanda's got ways of moving people off all, all, all day long. So I think there's, there's, there's a decent number of use cases there where cubes and spiders are the right call for an affiliation. And I think just completely writing them off. I mean, black and white positions are, are, are never, never great, I don't think. So never say never. And I think maybe there's a number of cases where I would strongly consider cubes and spiders, even if I didn't have priority. Yep, I agree. Yeah, I agree I'm as well. Doing it now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So the final one on my list is virus. <laughs> so this um, is probably Fury's best crisis, actually. Yeah, okay, do you want to dig into I that? I think so too, yeah. Yeah, because if you have prior, you take two of them with Fury. If you don't have prior, you take two of them with Fury. So <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, unless your opponent is playing like Fury uh, or like uh, Daredevil Electro Ninjas or whatever, right? As well, or like some like I don't know, some way of doing sitting crossbones or sure. or or eyes on the prize or what what have you. Right like outside of like extraneous circumstances, yeah, yeah, yeah Fury yeah, can just. You know, your opponent grabs one of them with Pryo, and you mm-hmm. take the other two. And what you do is you deploy Fury in between two of the, like between the center and one of the side viruses, and you deploy the grunts in between the center and the other side virus. Okay. And you can double move to either one, whichever one is still on the table. Yeah, there you go. That seems good. Uh, I have a general question for you guys. Is having played Black Order with Virus, the hell do you do when you're facing off against a Thanos and there are some viruses in the middle of the table? What it, what, what do you do? I've thought about this a lot and I still haven't figured out what you're supposed to do. I found myself in this situation. Great. Okay, there's a Thanos opposite me right in the middle. Mm-hmm. If I go and pick up a virus, guess what's going to happen? If I don't pick up a virus, I know exactly what's going to happen. They're going to pick them up and suddenly they've got all the viruses. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I mean, how is it any different than like Montessi? I mean, I guess you get a free, you get a close book. Exactly, that's the difference. But it's it's the fact that it, all though. on the center line versus all down right. the middle. I don't know. And also, how is it any different than Hammer? I mean, yeah, you get a close Hammer again, but um, yes, yeah, like so even, you... even senators. I mean, potentially, there's just like I feel like. If you've got a Thanos with Mind Gem, and that's probably enough, because then you've got the Mind Gem and you've got the the Cosmic Portal, mm-hmm. that there's just no safe place to go and get a virus unless you have your own way of like pulling them back, like a Lockjaw or your own Thanos with right. uh, Base Gem uh, and Cosmic Portal potentially. Uh, there's just no good way to do it. So there really isn't. Um, the only the only answer yeah uh, so how's this any different than playing on research base Mm -hmm. against black order um i mean maybe it's not and maybe research base is another good answer to no prior extract but there's it feels like yeah i mean is is that true is it i I I mean research base is like Oftentimes, it favors the person who doesn't have prio on mm-hmm. round one. Yeah. But if the person with prio uh, has a prio, uh, like they obviously have prio going into round two. Mm-hmm. Um, if they have any amount of killing power, then you're probably in for a bad time. 
Yes, that's true. And like this is why uh, you know Enchantress used to be so oppressive on this crisis, right? Because she could, you could just walk a character there, and then Enchantress can move beam however many characters and bow like two to three of them off, right? Right. Yeah, you generate a bunch. Of and then you could you could win the researcher with one character in the middle and like no one else, and it's your yep. your clapback's like very minimal. But now you kind of have to commit, and Thanos is too much threat. They don't have enough other characters. And yeah. Um, the only character so. I could think off the top of my head, uh, Jugs, because <clears throat> he can't mind Gemma. Yeah, he he's cosmic portal. Yeah, I mean the other thing is too like um, I think what I think the mindset needs to be. Um, I mean it's hard because you're never they're never going to go first, right? I mean they're going to be narrow. Um, even if they have pyro, they're just going to pass. You have to go. Um, the only other thing I could think of is like see if you can bait Thanos to grab a virus and then. You hold Juggernaut in your back pocket and just wait and just do you know who I am and chuck him, um, and then hope to kill him or daze him. Um, I don't know. I mean, that's Thanos. He's the scariest. He's one of. The, he's probably the scariest characters when it comes to that. I mean, it's just <sighs> boggles my mind. <laughs> it really does. Okay, we're, we're trying to think about good non-priority plays. So having a Thanos, uh, which seems to be a lot of people are bringing Thanos these days, virus. I am. Yeah, yeah a, a virus is a is a solid. I think a, a solid non-priority play if you have a Thanos in your back pocket. Plus the fact it's a nineteen threat. So if you don't have priority, you can play at nineteen, and you've still got uh, eleven or twelve threat of the rest of your team to flesh out with. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that helps too. Definitely. <laughs> but um, it's, it's tough. I man. think I've kind of come to the end of my list. And we didn't really talk about Researcher. But maybe that's another good one. But I feel like on Researcher, there's a number of teams who just Researcher better than you. Um, <laughs> so I think you've got to be confident that you are a good Researcher. And maybe one of these other plans is a better plan for you. But this is, I think, the hardest part of crisis selection is finding things that you are happy with. Because mm-hmm. secures without priority are like, well, I'm kind of fine because I'm on my secures and I get to move last, probably. Uh, not always true, but you know, as a general rule of thumb, that kind of works fine. And in the early days of the game, it would be the person with priority would take extracts, the person with pri- without priority would take secures, and you'd both be happy but the state the game is in currently most often people who win priority take secures and then that leaves you with this no prior extract which leaves you in a quandary and hopefully we've given you some food for thought here on what you might do about that thank you for taking the time to listen to our opinions please note as time continues some information may become outdated but we will do our best to refresh some of the more prevalent episodes to be current be sure to check out Across the Bifrost Nexus, where you can find all of your MCP content. And a big thank you to Discount Games Inc. and Blackgate Games, where you can find all of your MCP needs. And then a huge thank you to Atomic Mass Games for developing a game we all enjoy and love. We'll see you next time in the Danger Room.